From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. Oh, yeah. All right. Before we get too deep here, uh, give a shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. Joining uh, During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at our homepage and join today. want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Tyler Romanski, Hop and Barrel Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, and Phil Feldman. Uh, if you'd like to get him a patron, head over to patreon.com slash studios or click on the patron link at the bottom of our homepage at blindnessstudios.com. And while you're over at blindnessstudios.com, why don't you check out our store? Uh, you can click the store link or head over to teespring.com slash store slash studios um, and check out our merch there. All right. Uh, so... Uh, patrons who are watching live right now uh, know that we are doing literally doing this on release day, uh, <laughs> Tuesday at, at 1 p.m., so sorry this uh, episode is a little late. Uh, we've had a bunch of scheduling conflicts and stuff like that. Uh, we are working on trying to get a backlog up, uh, but you can blame Brian's band. Yeah, man, <laughs> I mean, there's that, and... <laughs> There's uh, my schedule's just it's nuts. it's summer uh, yeah. big like well and everything's every, kicking back in like yeah. I'm doing events again now so I'm at you know I looked at my schedule and you were like hey can we do one night this week I'm like I don't have a free night this right week. so <laughs> yeah we're we're gonna be kind of squeezing them in when we can here uh, we will be back to a regular weekly um, release again I got Rick filling in with a couple of things we got, we're gonna do a couple of fun uh, sensory things with Rick uh, we're gonna do uh, some. Uh, just regular shows with Brian. We're going to continue the blam here, yeah. um, and we're gonna we're gonna make it work. So just bear with us a little bit, guys. Uh, but we are uh, trying to hit it as hard as we can here. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, but Brian, what have you been up to, man? Oh boy, um, I I don't know how if I was super prepared for that. Uh, we we went to. Uh, 45th parallel and the new lift bridge facility. Yeah, we did. We uh, yeah. we checked that out. Um, so this is kind of local news, but lift bridge jumped the border uh, from Minnesota to Wisconsin uh, yeah. with one of their facilities because they were at capacity and could no longer sell beer out of the tap room. Right, growlers. I think it was growlers. Once yep. you get to a certain amount in Minnesota, they they limit you, and then also you can't sell off sale from a tap room in Minnesota which is real irritating and I don't know one of the really nice perks of being in a brewery in Wisconsin you can take home a six pack a 12 pack a uh, 32 ounce crawler uh, they're also limited to only 750 mil crawlers in oh that's right the little Minnesota ones, the smaller yeah. ones um, so yeah there is a lot of really old school silly just a lot uh, of blue laws blue laws in Minnesota that Wisconsin is sort of the wild west and I think maybe we've uh, mentioned that before, but yeah, this is a uh, professional drinkers uh, live in this state. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we went and checked that out. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, um, not really any yeah. new beers. No. Uh, just kind of the same thing. Kind of had their like hefeweizen and wheat, which was more of a wheat. It was more of a wheat. It had like a lemony character to well, it, which yeah, really lemon threw or me. Citrus, like or something, something citrusy like, there. It wasn't much of the banana clove. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. And the one beer that we want, banana, it wasn't there. Um, <laughs> no banana. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, they're doing uh, like a hard seltzer now too. 
Yeah, uh, they do a few of them. I think. Yeah, well, so I, I saw what they were doing, and I think it's kind of what Oliphant's doing, too, where they brew the, the seltzer without any flavor and then do pumps of sugar. Yeah. Uh, like su- sugar syrup in it. We're going to do something along those lines, and then we're going to, like a lot of other breweries, we're going to get into the slushy, beer slushy game. I guess we've got a slushy machine on the way. So beer slushy. Huh? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. I, I guess I'm. I just gonna stand by the whole. I'm in, in this business to make money. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I, I understand. I understand the mass appeal, yeah. but from a beer lover's uh, thing, like I, I still think I'm just gonna have a beer. I'm just gonna drink beer too. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to like do like a slushy suicide and then. Well, I, I God, do you remember that? <laughs> Every kind of pop at the pop fountain yep, or just soda. fill them all up. Whatever you want to call it. We say pop in the Midwest. Wow, I say soda. I say soda. Most people say pop. It, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of automatopoeia should not be nouns. Soda pop. No, just, just no, man. Just no. <laughs> all right. Uh, besides that, I have ingredients for a bunch of brews. Purchase those. Uh, we'll figure something out to, like, i got to figure out, like, a live stream or something to do with some of those. Uh, but, yeah, so I'll be getting back to brewing. Speaking of badgering me about things, maybe you should badger me about brewing sometime. I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah, I well, <laughs> I, I, I figure, hey, if I can get you down to the studio to record, yeah. like, that's step one, and then I'll badger you about getting you down to brewing. Um, oh, speaking of brewing, though, uh, I am doing a collab with The Garage. Ooh, that's uh, right. Officially, yeah, we're brewing that on uh, the 30th or 31st of July. That's really cool. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's a fun opportunity, and, and that equipment set is really neat. It's very neat, and it's going to be fun to brew on. And Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's going to be a long night, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's like 4 to midnight, and it's a long day. Oh, shit. <laughs> I suppose he's got a full-time job, you got a full-time job. Yep. That's yeah. So how she goes. Uh, yeah, uh, well, we have a, speaking of Tropical Stout, which is what I'll be brewing with, uh, the garage, we have a listener sent in Tropical Stout. This is from Phil Feldman, uh, Black Belt patron. Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. I don't think he's a doctor. I don't think he's a doctor. I mean, (laughs) he could be our doctor. He's the doctor, beer doctor? I don't know. All right. So I'm going to open this bag. Oh, I just like, oh man. What did you do? I, I opened up like a notepad on my computer. And it was from DOO. And it just said, PD is at a house drinking root beer. Uh, repeat is Pete's brother. And he has friends, Daniel, Stephen, and Greg. We were making up a... Um, a I'm just going to pour the whole beer. Yeah, go for half it. Half and half. Because that this works. Is, this is going to be my after lunch beer here. All right. Um, anyway, so... Uh, the recipe on this, he said he uh, he followed ours um, and switched up the yeast. So he used uh, OYL400, uh, I believe is what he said here. Okay. Let me double check. Um, OYL400, OYL uh, which is a bonanza, Omega yeast bonanza, um, fermenting at 71 degrees. Um, the recipe here is uh, 67% two-row, um, 8.5% carafa 3, 4% flaked oats, 4% UK coffee malt, and 4% roasted barley oh, wow. um, with 12.5% turbinado sugar. Oh, wow. So this is about to be real roasty and real dry, I bet. Uh, yeah, so if it's anything like, I don't I don't know if you tried any of the tropical stout that we have on, on the keg out there. Jeez. 
I will do so before I leave. Right, yeah, I don't, I don't. There's just a little bit left. So, mm. um, but yeah. So it's well. I mean, read the description. Oh, yeah. So that this up. is I do. This is tropical stout. This is the BJCP style guideline 16C. Not a lot of information. I'm just gonna interrupt real one. quick. Sure. Phil is actually listening live. Oh, hey Phil. Uh, <laughs> yep. He just he he says he's not a doctor. Is that <laughs> <laughs> he just builds RVs and makes beers for fun. Why he builds RV? That's awesome. He's, he's now Phil the RV doctor. Phil the <laughs> RV doc. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. So yeah, 16C. Uh, we're looking at a sweet aroma, moderate to high intensity, roasted grain aromas for sure, moderate to high coffee, chocolate, fruitiness, medium to high. Appearance very deep brown to black in color. Clarity is usually obscured, if not opaque. Um, this is definitely, oh, well, I'm getting, yeah, yeah no, if more If it's not opaque. opaque, it should be clear, but I'm, we don't, we don't have the patented beer light. I know, I gotta get do. that out. It's, these are the soft lights, they're not gonna work. Yeah, I no, gotta get not. the patented beer light back out. So, uh, some other words as far as flavor goes is, uh, sweet, smooth, dark grain flavors, uh, restrained bitterness, roasted grain character could be moderate to high, smooth coffee, etc. medium, full to full body. Uh, dark, sweet, and fruity overall impression, moderately strong with smooth, ro smooth, roasty flavors without a burnt harshness. So comparison, uh, is a thing they have in here at the very end. So it tastes like a scaled up sweet stout with higher fruitiness, uh, which I think is probably why he went with a higher temp on that OYL, yep. um, guessing. And that was a very good choice. I'm getting like, uh, oh man, it's almost like a, almost like a chocolate banana aroma. That's very nice. Mm-hmm. Mm. Man. Mm. Good lord, this is really, really good. Yeah, that is that is a that I tropical stout needs to be a uh, a style that more people do. Every yeah. time I brew one or have one, I, I bring that up um, because it's a summer stout. Yeah, I really think this is another one that you should or you could put in front of someone who's like, I don't like dark beer, and if you like. Mask the color and they, they tried would not it. I, taste I don't, dark. Yeah, I think they would really enjoy it honestly because it is almost there's almost a you know if there was a little bit more breadiness to to this it'd be a little bit like like a chocolate banana bread. What is what is? Uh, oh, he says he's the only person in Indiana with a hop and barrel T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a few guys in uh, St. Louis with. Oh, uh, uh, speaking of hop and barrel, before barrel. I forget, um, you you uh, responded to Nate that you wanted to bring it up on air. Yes, uh, or, uh, that's no, what I'm sorry, I was, not Nate. Um, that's what uh, I was Tim, looking for. Tim Crisp. Yes. What was what was it again? Um, hey, question for Brian. I'll be in Madison, Wisconsin tomorrow for a work trip. Mm. Will I be able to find any hop and barrel beers in the downtown area? Yeah. Sorry, we don't distribute to Madison anymore. It just was too far. And when we really started, kind of like quickly, you know, getting slammed with orders in our local area, like we sell a crazy amount of beer in the six county area around us. And then a whole bunch of beer in Minnesota, but not directly in the Twin Cities. So if you look at a map of the Twin Cities, we're not within this 694, 494 loop at all. Everywhere around it. And then we don't get down to, we get as far as Eau Claire. So I'm very sorry. Uh, but, you know, we used to distribute out there. Um, we'll get back there. But apologies. All right. All right. So back to the Tropical Stout um, mouth. Like it finishes very dry. Oh, definitely. Which is, which is really nice. Because of that. For sure, because of the sugar, and then also there's yeah. that that 
headphones are jacked. Oh. Also because of the uh, that roastiness is going to contribute to like well, a, that and it's like the, the roastiness. Dry. I like it's it's not overwhelming. It's restrained, which it's is very what restrained. it says in the guideline here. If you like going by that, but I I certainly do appreciate the yeast fruitiness. Like I think that's really what is making this beer mm-hmm. great. Uh-huh. Like how that plays with the roast, mm-hmm. with um, with a little bit like that molasses character from the sugar. Mm-hmm. It just it really it all comes through, and it I I'm not getting not I getting would, any kind of off flavor. Or not anything. at all. I would drink two of these, and uh, it's good. It's a fantastic example of the style, and this is a bottles. fantastic uh, <laughs> beer. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, dude, good job. I'm waving at Phil. <laughs> uh, he did say he was worried about carbonation. I don't think this is no, undercarbed. I think, I think this is this is good. Um, I'd say like it's it's higher than cast carbonation. Yeah, like, that's and fine. I would drink this as cast carb too. I would too. I think it's totally fine. Um, but just to finish off the vital stats on this, ten fifty six to ten seventy five gravity. So we're looking at five point five to eight, uh, thirty to fifty IBU, thirty to forty SRM. So pretty dark. Uh, and then, did he say what his gravities were on this? Or um, he did not. Uh, I'll ask him. Okay. Well, hey Phil, if you want to throw those, uh, if you remember like what the gravities were on this, uh, go ahead and send those our way. Holla at you boys. Um, and we'll we'll toss them out quick. Otherwise, should we move on yes. to the meat? Sure. So this uh, this discuss- today we're going to be talking about bottle conditioning, and it really came up because we had two uh, two e- emails like back to back about bottle conditioning, and they both were like, "Hey, you guys haven't really covered this." Um, and I think we have, but it was probably years ago. Sure. Um, I, it still baffles me how long we've been doing this show. <laughs> Yeah, I was showing someone at the brewery. <laughs> what 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 does it say on that logo? Is it 2014 or 2017? I think tw- oh, oh uh, the logo is 2014. 2014. I see it right over there. Yep. Yeah, and the dude the dude was like, "Whoa, 2014, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm like I've only been on it a couple years." I think you started 2017. Yeah. And then I never left. Is Hop that old already? Yes. Wow. <laughs> We're almost 4 years old, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so bottle um, yeah, so, conditioning. Uh, I'll, I'll hit with the uh, with the listener mails, mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll kind of go. Oh, into sure. This. So just just so we have context of where this discussion kind of came from, and uh, some of the points that I want to hit. Uh, so the first one's from Andy. Uh, he's uh, He says, I've recently expanded my brewing equipment to include a fermentation fridge. Now that I have temp control, I decided I should brew the lager kit I mistakenly bought as a first kit before having any idea about homebrew. Uh. I listened back to your episodes regarding lagers as research and have therefore uh, racked to a secondary uh, brewing bucket for lagering at 4 degrees C, um, as cold as my fridge will go, rather than bottling, and it just getting old. My question <laughs> for you guys is... I love when people, like, use our quote. Right. Um... Question for you guys is, will I need to add more yeast to my bottling bucket as well as the usual priming sugar for carbonation, or uh, will there be enough residual yeast cells in suspension? So that's the, fir- the first things I want to hit out of there um, when, when we get there, um, just to kind of keep in mind, is uh, adding more yeast to the bottling bucket, when we need to do that, if we need to do that at all, um, and like worried about residual re- uh, yeast after lagering or even a cold crash. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one is from Nate. Uh, hey, homebrew bound, another question before transferring the beers for the big day next week. I tried uh, a beer after two weeks of bottle carving. Uh, I barely had any carb. I have another week to carb uh, before I need to drive it eight hours. 
Um, I need to keep it on ice uh, in the fridge from then on out about five days before the wedding. Any concerns about the lack of carbonation? I decided to relocate it in the house to get the temp up, wondering if the yeast has gone dormant for my fl uh, plastic fermenter batch. Was there, or there was a difference in, uh, in between the plastic and glass batches. Thoughts. So uh, this one I want to kind of talk about troubleshooting or things you can do to troubleshoot uh, your bottle conditioning. So if you if you are bottle conditioning um, and things get or you're like over under carving um, and things to kind of keep an eye on there. Um, all right. So from Phil, uh, you want gravities? Yeah. Uh, 1056 was the OG. Nice. Uh, finished okay. it at 1007. So it comes in at 5.97%. Ooh, that baby is dry. It is very dry, yeah. and it tastes it, and it's delightful. Mm -hmm. I love tropical stout so much. Same. Very cool. All right, All right. So bottle conditioning. What is it? Well, we could. It's bottle conditioning, or uh, another way to put it is bottle bottle refermentation. So it's the original method uh, by which uh, beer in the bottle is made uh, sparkling, which. By the time the 1700s rolled around, there were definitely sparkling beverages, and that's when the cooperage situation, they started figuring out, well, hey, this residual sugar or something is making this sparkling. And if you remember correctly, by 1700, we still didn't know that yeast fermented the beer. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that, uh, to... Um, yeah, it was it was a long time before we... Like, it was, I, I'm trying to think back to our yeast uh, thing now. It was like the mid 1800s, wasn't it? Mid yeah, or late? Eight, it was late. It was the gooseneck experiments. Um, yeah, Louis Pasteur. Uh, so today, you you find most beer gets its carbonation from the injection of exogenous uh, carbon dioxide. Uh, well, that is under pressure, and the bottling condition technique involves bottling beer that contains like little to no carbon dioxide, and then adding priming sugar uh, so that the yeast will ferment in the bottle. And then, so we call this this re, this refermentation is is because it's performed after the original fermentation of the beer uh, that's already finished. It gives off carbon dioxide, dissolves into the beer, carbonates it. So, that being said, when you when you are injecting carbon uh, exogenous carbon dioxide into the beer, you need to do it as cold as possible. It needs to be thirty two degrees uh, because we think about it this way: you're at a keg party. And the ice all melts uh, in the tub and the beer gets all foamy. Why? Because the CO2 wants to jump out of the solution when it's cold. Okay. Or I'm sorry, when it gets warmer. So when it's colder, it wants to take it up more readily. Oh, but, I thought it was because there was the one drunk girl who just kept pumping the thing. <laughs> well, that's <just laughs> a bunch of air in there. <laughs> but with bottle conditioning, we want the beer to be uh, 70, 71, something like that in order for the residual yeast to start chewing on the, this neutral sugar that we've added a sugar and water solution to our bottling bucket. So there's, there's my piece. All right. Um, yeah. So a few things, uh, we, you mentioned the term priming sugar a few times. Mm -hmm. What is that? Um, literally any sugar that is like a single chain. So yeah, we're looking like for simple sugars. Simple sugar, a table. You could use honey. You could use agave. You could use, you know. Yeah, yeah most uh, most common is going to be your your like corn sugar. Right, yep, corn sugar is probably normally, not probably, it is what you're going to get at the uh, homebrew shop. Yep. All right. Um, and then the rule of thumb, 
uh, for adding priming sugar is about 177 grams to a five-gallon batch. Um, yep, I know. I just made a lot of people mad by doing uh, metric <laughs> and imperial in the same thing. Uh, but look up. There's so many priming sugar uh, charts and calculators out there. Um, go go find those or rely rely on software for this. The rule of thumb is not the best. You're going to be missing stuff. Um your your calculators will take in into account like the volume of CO2 that you're looking for, the temperature of your beer, like what you're going to try to, you know, store it at. Well, and then what did what did you say? Three quarters of a cup and then or, or 177 grams. Yep. And that's going to get you to 225 or 2.5. And I'm willing to bet you don't have a ZOM at your house and you can't to measure how much carb you have in there. <laughs> but the reason why we're shooting a little bit low, too, is when you start getting above 2.5, you're going to have those dreaded uh, bottle, bottle bombs. bombs. And those are not fun to clean up. And they're no. so kind of dangerous. Extremely dangerous. <laughs> I mean, exploding glass... I mean, it's one. Uh, it's it's one reason. Like maybe look at PET bottles if you're doing a lot of that, especially if you're taking it places and it's going to be exposed to temperature fluctuations. Yeah, that too. And we should also note that this three quarter cup or one seventy seven gram is for a five gallon batch or yep. nineteen liters. Yep. Good call. Good uh, conversion. <laughs> I hope Bjorn sends you know a little pat on the back for old Brian his conversion skills. <laughs> you don't get a pat on the back. <laughs> We're recording this on a Tuesday. Uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> All right. Um, so the other, like, so the other thing you want to like, if you've done an extended fermentation, or you like, so like lagering, or something that you you moved off and you age, like maybe on fruit or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even you just use like a super highly flocculent strain that's going to flock out a bunch. Consider erring on the side of caution and adding a um, adding some neutral dry yeast mm-hmm. um, into in into the bucket. You're not going to get a ton of character. You're probably not going to get any character from it. If we're being completely honest, yeah. um, and it's going to make sure that you get the carbonation that you want. Isn't there is a cask yeast that I used to use? I think it was called CBC One. I'm googling right now. Um, that I use to carb casks. Yeah, yeast for the best, like the best one. <laughs> uh oh, Lando's got something to say. He likes CBC one too. You've heard it from Lando. Use Lalaman CBC one yeast for cask and bottling conditioning at your local homebrew store. <laughs> all right. Um, and then so after after you've you've done this, and this is all bottling bucket stuff. There, yeah, yeah. There and are there are things that you can buy. Um, like there's tablets where you can just drop them in the in in the individual bottles, mm-hmm. and like there, it's like a, it's the right amount of sugar for that bottle in theory. Yeah. It's a, it's a pain in the ass. It's expensive. Just do this part right. When you are racking this into your, this beer in from your carboy or whatever sort of fermentation vessel you have, rack onto the sugar the and sugar yeast. The sugar solution. The sugar and yeast solution if you are adding yeast. Yep. I mean, you can also add the yeast Because that will disperse it more yeah, evenly. More through. importantly, um, you know, when I mean, especially if you're doing it clean, like if you've got tubes going directly into the lid of the bucket and things mm-hmm. like that, um, yeah, you definitely want to rack on top of the solution. Yep. Uh, and don't just dump your solution into the thing because I remember 
at this point, we want to keep as much oxygen mm-hmm. out. Yep. So don't aerate that Talking solution. about too much aeration. And yep. while this certainly adding oxygen and, you know, for sterile synthesis before fermentation is a good idea, any oxygen after is bad. Uh, Phil says that every time he's, he's used the tabs, um, the beer's overcarbed. Fudge. So, All right. well. yeah, I mean, I, that's I, it's anecdotal, but again, keep that stuff in mind. A lot of these things that they've tried to do to make things easier mm-hmm. don't work a hundred percent. I seem to remember using those tabs a long time ago, but I don't remember. If, I, I don't know if I've ever had any bottle bombs, but it certainly could have been under carbon. Yep. Um, yeah. So then you want to store your bottles in a dark place that's near. <laughs> When you store it in the same place as your emotions. <laughs> Brian, too real, too real, Brian, too real. <laughs> Bottle it up in the same place as your And just shove it <laughs> down in the basement like a good Midwesterner. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is because it's one. It's not Sunday, it's, you know, yeah, Tuesday. It's Tuesday, and we still have an entire work week ahead of us. Uh. <laughs> We're not coming off of a weekend. Uh-huh. All right. Um, yeah. So store bottles in a dark place that's near fermentation temperatures or slightly or yeah, um, or or slightly warmer. Um, you could store it with your fermenters, like if you have enough space, that'd be right. a good place to do it. Uh, here we're looking for. We still want the yeast to ferment, so it builds up that carbonation, um, and we don't want light because light is the enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that blue light spectrum cutting through the bottle will certainly skunk. Yep. Honestly, like on a side note, if you if you guys it's summer and it's really sunny right now, pour yourself an, a glass of IPA, a pint of IPA, and put it outside in the sun for like thirty seconds, and then you'll understand the nature of how quickly stuff skunks. It's a fun experiment. Um, all right, so your beer should be carbonated within two to four weeks. Um, I say start trying bottles uh, at seven to ten days. Absolutely, um, yep. and just to, just so you have an idea of where things are, um, you can set and forget. But like, if if you're there's, I mean, you got you got to kind of test stuff, taste taste along the way is what Brian always says. Taste everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. No. Every day. If yeah. Well, then well, that was <laughs> that was another Brian that I kind of came up brewing under Brian Shebe, who would in the morning take his giant mug and walk around every fermenter. And we had like nine fermenters in that brewery, or ten or something. Yeah, that was drunk Shebe for you. <laughs> you. You know when there are there were what three three or four Brian's at this brewery, odd, just very strange. And I was Sky Brian because I worked at American Sky previously. There was Quiet Brian, so QB, uh, and then there was Drunk Brian, and I wasn't Drunk Brian. <laughs> believe Brian's it, like believe yes it or not, finally <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, moving on. All right, um, so let's. Let, I feel like we we've covered the basics of bottle conditioning. Well, um, I, I, I was going to say too, like a quick side note. So bottling condition does have an effect on flavor, aroma, things like that, due to the presence of the active yeast in the bottle because it is chewing and doing things. Um, so the yeast in the bottle is actually able to reabsorb or to process byproducts from the the already fermented. Yeah. You know, and it eventually rounds out or mellows the flavors, but you're going to end up. It with will some, also help with crap uh, oxidation because it yes. will eat some of that oxygen. It will scavenge, and then also your bottle caps. If you guys look at your bottle caps, there's like a little or that little uh, oxygen barrier, oxygen scavenging thing in the top. That's what this little kind of the rubbery thing, scrooby is. rubbery deal is. Um, yeah. 
Um, all right. Uh, so let's talk about troubleshooting mm. some of this. Mm-hmm. Some of this stuff. Um, so low carbonation. Is there anything we can do about it? Because this 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 is a this is something that I ran into a lot. Low carbonated bottle conditioning. It was just mm-hmm. inconsistent bottle to bottle. Uh, but that's more probably my practices than anything. Because I know people who can bottle condition and get it right every time, and it's just it hated me. And so I started yeah. kegging, and it, it solved a lot of problems. It is not easy. Yeah. Um, but low carbonation, from what I from what I understand, there's not much you can do. You can try warming it up, is what I would do. You can try agitating it. You can try yep. warming it up. Warming it up, agitating it, um, anything to try to like rise whatever yeast is in there. Mm-hmm. Just uh, kind of get that back into suspension, wake it up a little bit. Um, beyond that, you can't really go. I guess you could uncap every bottle. And add a little bit of yeast slurry in there. That sounds but, like you're going to add oxygen. But you're going to add oxygen. Your chance of infection goes way up. It's not worth it. Brew another batch. Well, here's another thing. Let, let's talk about patience a little bit too, because you know, there, like some a good amount of patience in this hobby too is is a, a beautiful thing. Because what we're talking, well, what I'm talking about is low low gravity beer takes less time than high gravity mm-hmm. beers. It just it just it is. just is how it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, if if seven to ten days, but sometimes you know, shoot six six weeks, <laughs> four weeks. Right. Well, yeah, and that's why you start you know. trying at seven to ten. You don't expect it to be carbonated until week four yeah. or longer. Like, I would say, and, and if it's and if it's still growing, especially if you're if you're doing like a massive stout or a triple, like wait. Yeah, and I would say like your your heavier beers too and higher gravity. Yeah, I mean, it might. You know, especially if it's over 1070 or so, it might take six weeks, you know. Be patient and make a lot of it. Right. <laughs> Just got to wait. Um, yeah. All right. Overcarbonation is something that we can solve fairly easily. If you, if, Lando, get down. <laughs> He's like, I hung, I'm hugging now. I know. I love you too. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So oh. overcarbonation is something we can solve fairly easily especially if you start tasting early and often uh so if if you're if you're cracking bottles um at that like seven ten day mark and you're doing one every couple of days after that um and you notice like the carbonation keeps growing put it in the fridge that will immediately arrest the the fermentation yes um and it will stop get that baby cold yep um, hopefully you don't end up in a, uh, a breaking bad situation where th- all the bottles start popping off in the garage. That's just crazy. Also, don't store your bottles in the garage in, uh, New Mexico. We definitely had, uh, exploding cans, um, with the, uh, uh, lemon breaker, which was yep. very embarrassing. And you had to, we had to run around all these stores and, and grab them all secretly, pull them off the shelf and replace them. It was not fun. It does not sound fun. It was not. Uh, is there, uh, and I don't really think there's anything else we can do. Um, part of it is like once we're, when, like once it's bottled, you're kind of just dealing with what's in the bottle. Yeah. I mean, and then another thing what we can get into as far as like troubleshooting, if you have any kind of like off flavor um, too, I mean, we're talking like there's off flavors are probably contamination. You probably got something in. Um, into the bottle. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, what am I thinking here? Fermentation doesn't start an inadequate yeast, you know. Um, I don't know. I think it's pretty much all I got, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think that kind of wraps it up. Mm-hmm. There aren't really any... I, th- I think we hit everything. If you guys have other questions, want us to go deeper in on something with the bottling process, uh, I mean, we could probably do an entire uh, episode on bottling equipment. Uh, a quick yeah. rundown on that. Um, pay the money for a bench capper. Yeah. Wing cappers suck and they can break. be dangerous. They break super easily. They, they break or they break. I've, I've had, I had one that crunched bottles. Oh my God. It was, it was terrifying. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So get a, get a quality bench capper if you're going to, if you're, especially if you're going to be doing a ton, uh, it's just faster. Get a bottle tree. Yeah. Uh, spring loaded bottling wand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose we could eventually go down the, like a qu- we could go like a quick, segment on keg conditioning too sometime or cask yep. if people are into that yeah let us uh, know a, ca- a cask one would be fun i really need to get a cask set up down here someday because i think that'd be a blast that would be and awesome. i want a beer engine over there no, uh, yeah you got a nice bar in here <laughs> i Why know but yeah so listener what was it listener tim crisp that yep had? uh listener uh tim and i no, not tim uh it was andy and nate oh. andy and nate okay yeah, well, them, those fellows, too. Um, Tim had the question for Tim me. had the question for me. Yep. Uh, definitely always appreciate and really, really enjoy getting uh, feedback. Also, beer in the mail is super fun, too. Yes, thank you, Phil. Yeah, it just kind of made my day. So, yeah, appreciate it, Phil. All right, guys. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnerdstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnerdstudios. Follow us on Twitter at blindnerdscoreninja or find us on Instagram at blindnerdstudios. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.